the 90s I was in a very famous TV show Untitled Bojack Bojack Horseman Project This is the intro Welcome back to Untitled Bojack Horseman Project for one last time this is a BoJack Horseman podcast. This is us covering the second half of season six. And who's we? Well, I'm Matt Waters. I'm joined as always by Ben Phillips. Ben, are you prepared to close the door on BoJack? I am prepared to close the door on BoJack, like like a significant portion of my life. I mean, I guess this show, for whatever reason, this show really does feel kind of like a post-university through pandemic show. <laughs> in my life where it's kind of like it's a very significant period of that and it's also like the last tv show i watched before we all Mm. hunkered down and did nothing for a year and a half (laughs) yeah like this second half drops january 31st 2020 so right as covid is about to hit really i assume i assume when this was airing like we were all kind of like looking at the news reports and saying like oh there's a there's a case of of covid in kent i wonder how bad this is gonna get kind of vibes to what everyone was doing at that point wonderful it's very of an era for me as well because i distinctly remember you trying to talk me into watching it while i was like walking to work at the job i went to after we worked together i i don't know why that particular conversation has lasered into my brain but i know exactly where i was walking texting debating like shows to watch or whatever and you trying to make a strong argument for but i guess i think it actually would have been multiple seasons in at that point though because i think you were describing the underwater episode to me and that was obviously not the first season so i guess i was late to it but it's still like for my experience it's like that era after you and i worked together up to covid i mean we've got a lot to wrap up like there, there are very very few uh guest stars cameos like the final episode literally is just the five principal cast which, which I, really I actually like. yeah it's really nice i saw some people so i i decided to like scope out the reddit and kind of like see <laughs> what the general vibe was and one of the things i saw was someone wrote a like a ten thousand word essay about a a, a missing princess carolyn episode which would be about her culpability for her shittiness in the scenes where she's doing her job (laughs) as in like her culpability for kind of like how hollywood is in treating kind of like agents and and like just like the sexism, the covering up of things, like kind of like what she's one of the people who's like working on the the gun control stuff, but not fighting for anything. And they were like, oh, mm. if there was one more season, there would be a Princess Carolyn episode that would kind of like tackle this and kind of like close out her. Is, art. is this based on anything in reality, or is this no, just someone being like? I, I because can I point out that in that scene where like in the episode where she's like fighting against Asian rights, she then gives them Judah's number to make them win. Yeah. Like, sure, she's working in an industry that has some very evil practices. She is quick to like do damage control on all Bojack shit and everything. But like, I, I do think she's broadly got good interests at heart. And like, you know, like at the end of it, she, and like throughout, she's like pushing for like female parts and she gets her female led studio at the end and everything. Like, I don't think Princess Carolyn is like a force of evil in the world. No, but hey. <laughs> I don't. But the one thing they said was like, it's pretty become apparent that there is a cut season of Bojack that they did actually want to do seven seasons. And that oh. instead they got one season to do more episodes and so what i i mean sure there is there is typically a princess carolyn 
ex- heavy or almost exclusive episode every season. And I guess we... Well, no, we did. We got the new client. We got the new client. But I guess if you're looking at the back half, sort of like towards the end, the closest would be Angela, but that is way more Bojack's thing than her. Like, I could see a world where her part of Angela, where she realises she loves Judah, you could see that being like a full episode, maybe. It's it's one of those ones where like you look at Angela, which is the closest that you get to Mm. Princess Carolyn episode, but it's split with Todd as well. So it's like a Todd and Princess Caroline episode, but also it's a Bojack episode, and it's yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. a three-hander, whereas I feel like there's more clearly a I Diane get, episode and yeah. a Mr. Peanut Butter episode in yeah. in the in this back half of the season. But it's yeah. more, like, it feels like this was, the original plan was to do two more seasons, potentially, mm. and because they got ordered for one more, they had to spread the cost of an entire season over two seasons, which is why you end up with this slightly, slightly less illustrious cast for a lot of these kind of characters. Yeah, but I kind of, like, I kind of don't mind that. Like, I I feel like as we're starting to land the plane, it's good to rein it in a bit, because, like, yeah, like, your cameos are, like, Samantha B as Samantha the anthropomorphic B, like, like Chloe Dykstra, of all people, as as Todd's mother, Mary Erskine as Ivy Tran, David Chang as a sort of restaurateur-slash-enthusiastic customer... They bring back a bunch of the cameos they've had before, so like Angelica Houston is back as Angela Diaz, etc. And then even the big new characters, we kind of already talked about Paige Sinclair and Maximilian Banks last time, and Maud, Todd's new and possible final girlfriend, and then, um, I didn't mention her, but like Tawny, Hollyhock's friend, like she's in several episodes. But like, I think there's so much to do with Bojack, there's not really room to be bringing all these wacky celebrity cameos and, and new characters, really. So I think it's better it worked out this way than yeah, two I seasons. Like, I think it was time to land the plane. Like We've talked about how season five, you started to see a creep of this isn't an episodic TV show as much anymore as it is a ongoing narrative, and then it was even worse in part one of season six. And then this, like... I think I prefer part two to part one, mm-hmm. but it is still very much this entire part is about us ending the show overall. And so I'd still put it, like, below, you know, several of the seasons we got before. I know everyone loses their shit at some of the episodes, and we will very much talk about that. But I think it was definitely time to to let it go. And I think by the... Endings are hard, and again, we'll almost certainly talk about how it ends, but, like, I think overall, this ends about as well as you could end something like this. So... And I don't think eight additional episodes would have no. made that landing any smoother. Or I don't think stunt casting... Not that I think BoJack ever stunt cast anything, but like getting bigger names for some of these like late roles. Because mm. obviously I think what they've got in mind is more... We need to bring back a lot of those kind of like old voices. Like We need yeah. to save up for Zach Braff and Limon mm-hmm. Miranda and Angelica Houston and Ilana Glazer. Like these people who like we would not normally have a season maybe this stuffed with people who have kind of like ascended and we need to be able to pay a rate yeah. for them to come back to to bring the show and like full circle. Lin Manuel both has like three times as many lines and is presumably harder to get than he was when they first got him. Um, mm-hmm. I know Hamilton was like it was a thing when they first got him but it like was an even bigger thing at this point and now he's like a disney writer and he's busy with other things and all this nonsense but so before we get into like you know the the the, our final arcs and 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 you 
trying to remember what happens, which shouldn't be that difficult, I don't think, this time. How did it? Did they fare at the Annies? I assume they won very big for a particular episode, but I do not know. <laughs> so the 48th Annie Awards, BoJack, got one nomination. Oh, jeez, okay. Is this um, just like a, it fell at an unfortunate time with its release thing? Yeah, or? I think it might be one of those things where like the buzz is around the final season, and so everyone kind of like is is all over the kind of the final that like the previous annual awards were coming out just as the final half of the season was about to debut and then by the time this debuts we've gone through the pandemic where i feel like animation was the most reliable form of entertainment that could still mm. come out essentially yeah because it's already like, overseas remote yeah yeah so the, the one nomination they got is a new nomination that we've not actually talked about on the show which is outstanding achievement for character animation in an animated television or broadcast production oh, wow. uh which is for james bowman who i assume was like an animation supervisor on it it That's doesn't win good damage right potentially if, is he, it he, he's the director of good damage yeah okay. yeah so uh, because that has all the like well not to help you with your part but all the like um anime the like notebook sketch stuff from diane's like writer's notes kind of thing coming to life and, and and all that kind of stuff so that is nominated against hilda alien christmas cosmos possible worlds and lamp life uh, which is the pixar animation mm. uh things which one of those won uh, one the one that won was Hilda. Um, okay, I I I have never seen Hilda, but like the the few snippets, I'm like, yeah, that's a really nice looking show. Like, yeah, yeah. But we've also, I mean, just to kind of like run through what's nominated for the best animated television broadcast shows, it's Hilda, it's Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's mm. She-Ra and the Princess of Power, yeah. it's the return season of Star Wars The Clone Wars, and then Victor and Valentino. So right. definitely a younger skewing set of nominations. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh wait, sorry. That's for that's for children. The, the, I want the actual ones for adults. Oh. Uh, the ones for adults are Jendi Tartowski's um, Primal, Close Enough, Harley Quinn, Rick and Morty, and The Midnight Gospel. Mm. I feel like BoJack could have squeezed. Yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, fun fact: My Netflix profile image is Catra from Shira, <laughs> and my girlfriend's is just a dog. Uh, like, <laughs> so it's, it's uh, yeah, very, very good. Most award shows are not good at actually getting it right, but hey, um, it got some stuff around the sort of season five mark, so that's fine. So as we look to land this plane, a lot of their plots are actually pretty simple. I'm going to go in sort of like reverse order than normal. So Todd moves in with his new girlfriend, Maud. He starts a daycare business and he tries to finally reconnect with his mother. For the entire run of the show, until the first part of this season, or was it? Yeah, uh, where, where we met his stepfather. We know he was kicked out of his house, but we know nothing other than that. And then, like, late on, they're like, hey, let's make sure Todd, like, has some kind of resolution. Yeah, this stuff with his parents, like, it's not the greatest thing ever. Like, y you get this impression that his mother was ashamed of him, and then after he gave the kidney, she's now... His stepfather puts it as, like, a mother should not owe their child their life kind of thing. So she's, like, ashamed, and then he has to stage this elaborate thing with Margaret Martindale to sort of square the circle on her arc as well. And then they do they do end up reconnecting. Like, it's, it's fine. It's just kind of like, I don't know. Like, it wasn't built as a huge mystery, but it, it's just kind of a little bit dumped out on the table a bit Again, it's, as i've been saying like once they divorced bojack away from todd yeah. there really wasn't 
much left for that character to do. Yeah. And like, it's not like he's got any emotional hang-ups with any of the other cast members. Like, he's solved his shit with Princess Carolyn. He isn't mm. someone who holds grudges. And so, when it's you just, up- I don't know, like he lived with Princess Carolyn. He starts his daycare at Vim, I think, ostensibly, or maybe it's just sort of he starts. Like he's got a lot of colleagues at Vim. At this yeah, point. yeah, yeah. So it's like I feel you could have found a way to pepper him in a lot more than you. And like, it's difficult because I find very very Todd heavy episodes to be a little bit grating personally so I'm not asking for like all Todd all the time it's just if you look at the six season or if you want to call it seven season uh, like arc for Todd like he really does as you say massively run out of steam once he has his little breakup with Bojack and all of his stuff is self-discovery but Todd is fundamentally such a nice person that everything just kind of like works out for him Mm. and so if he's not doing something wacky because he is kind of the conduit for the most wackiness of Mm. the show he is the one who brings us rabid dentists and sex robots (laughs) and bless him for it it is a little bit weird to cast Chloe Dykstra as a middle-aged woman um, (laughs) for me but I mean she's fine what do we think of Maud? who Bojack meets at the airport and she's like a little bit madcap and he like pushes them together kind of thing. Like the only two users of Todd's asexual dating app. So they cast a YouTuber, Echo Gillette, Mm -hmm. as Maud. I think that she is asexual, which is kind of like why they did it. And obviously they're going for representation over a name, which I think is important. But it's such a late addition. Are you crushing my dreams that she's not the daughter of Penn Gillette? Um, I don't know whether or not she is. Um, I have big dreams, Dan. Big, big dreams. I know Pendulette does have a daughter who is... Or has a has a child who is kind of like prominent in some way, but I think they're a magician, okay. not a YouTuber. Fair enough. So, but I, I, he, Pendulette might have multiple children, <laughs> and Echo Gillette may in fact be one of them. I'm Maybe. not a, I'm not a expert on the progeny of, of Pendulette. <laughs> well, that's our new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> one episode on each of Pendulette's potential children. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Echo is good. Maud is nice. It's too late in the show, and mm. Todd is too peripheral a character at this point to for more to really land. It's nice yeah. that she exists, and it's nice that he gets the ending, but I feel like we're lacking a... Todd and Maud episode in the mm. way that Todd got like a Yolanda episode and an yeah. Emily episode. She does seem more on his wavelength than the others have been. Maybe I um, mean yeah, we get one final like fun Todd long rambling realization of like <laughs> actually needs to happen with like when they move in together. Yeah, and um, I like that for him that like she's the one to point out that like he's at the mercy of whoever's couch he can sleep on kind of thing and like he finally gets a place with her so it's like yeah that's nice he's kind of growing up while also still very much a little child man (coughs) yeah what's the show that she's watching with him Treme it's Treme (laughs) it's about New Orleans and and it's about about jazz and drugs and John Goodman it sounds really exciting it's It's not Charay's <laughs> a really good show, but that's such a good summary of what yeah. that show is. Um, if you if you're a fan of Anthony Bourdain, though, uh, Anthony Bourdain was a co-writer oh, of right. the first season because there's a lot of scenes set in restaurants. It's just nice. it, it's a really heavily vibey show with a lot of actors that you'd recognise. I, I would recommend Tremé. It's a breezy watch, but it's also kind of like about nothing. But it's just it's just nice. Yeah. Uh, so Mr. Peanut Butter like continues to want to even things with him and 
Pickles. Uh, so his grand plan is for her to form an emotional connection with Joey Pogo and then sleep with him and then they'll be even. And this is facilitated by he buys Bojack's restaurant. They all work at it together. And Pickles and Joey Pogo hate each other. And then... I, I do find it funny that, like, all the ways she's describing Joey Pogo do definitely describe Mr. Peanut Butter, but she's <laughs> determined that they're different people. And I guess that's the point. It's the emotional connection lets you uh, bypass some of the red flags. I mean, obviously, but... the, the big one in the episode is, like, Mr. Peanut Butter, like, we finish each other's sentences, whereas you interrupt and say exactly what you were going to say. Or... Yeah, like... exactly. <laughs> and they do end up sleeping together, and I think it's good. And then, like, he... Joey Pogo leaves for his world tour and like they get each other now and you know she he needs a new social media manager and yeah she goes off to do that and uh yeah Mr. Peanut kind of I wouldn't go as far as to say he grows up but he does as close as he gets to like having a sort of mature response to something and you know he keeps filming Birthday Dad and yeah has some nice closure with Diane yeah I feel, it's, okay so I feel like I know Bojack's confusion over what the hell is Birthday Dad <laughs> in the final episode. But I'm like, I actually feel like the show makes sense in that weird Bojack Horseman way where it's basically just like Quantum Leap, but with birthdays. I'll tell you what it is. It's Nobel Prize winning. <laughs> <laughs> Nobel Prize for television, which they invented just for our show. Yeah. It's just Quantum Leap, but he jumps into people who have like birthday related right. issues or trainers, <laughs> I think, which. Okay. Isn't a terrible pitch for a show? Yeah. I could see Netflix picking something like that up. Maybe that would happen, and it would be like that, like the sexy mum show, where like <laughs> the twist was that it was like all these sexy mums, and then their ch- then their kids were like the the male counterparts to them, oh, and then God. someone just said like. This is just Milf Island from Thirty Rock. Like you have made, <laughs> you have made the dating parody show that Thirty Rock did oh, fifteen years ago. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, we live in a wonderful time. Princess Carolyn. I mean, she's mostly just trying to help Bojack with his damage control, which we'll get into. Uh, but her, like, yeah, her big ending is she and Judah confess. Well, I, I say confess their feelings together. I think Judah's openly loved her for the whole time, and like she had started to show the signs before now uh, but they get together and they end up getting married it's very nice I don't know I don't really have a huge amount to say about that I assume we're going to be talking about the finale so like that kind of <laughs> undercuts any discussion of her arc but... I think I've got another episode apart from the finale well there to... are I mean yeah but we pick one each so yeah no I know oh there's, okay there's one like okay. maybe this is the one I want to talk about but it depends which one you pick about uh-huh. which one uh-huh. okay interesting well I kind of want to get to that now then but uh Diane suffers from massive writer's block she ends up writing a silly mass appeal story which despite her protests becomes a big hit and she's also, you know, weighing up her future with Guy. Like, she's met his son now. They are, in their own way, forming a bond. It's still good. Like, it's a continuation of what we saw with her in Chicago previously. Yeah, I assume one way or another, whether in a truncated or expanded form, we'll be talking about that. But, like, yeah, her her continued journey with her battle with depression and antidepressants and everything she's gone through and her ambitions as a writer and... Yeah, her her spinning off into Chicago cements her position as the number two character on the show, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. Because like she is basically in her own soft spin-off at yeah. this point in the show, where she's got like an entirely new supporting cast and she's dealing with her own stuff and like 
obviously she is she's in the final shot of the show yeah which yeah. is obviously a callback to season one but it's still fundamentally like the show weirdly kind of goes like this is not about bojack's relationship with anyone else at this point but his relationship with diane i mean she's like the new presence that came into his life for season one that like yeah. kicked off the whole events of the show and like started his journey to good person-dom. so like yeah, it makes sense. And then Bojack, he starts off the season in, uh, teaching at Wesleyan. He greatly enjoys it, but then the big investigation catches up with him. He's forced to go public, confess everything, and then he spirals from the backlash. I assume in this world where there are two seasons, he spends an entire season teaching at Wesleyan, and then we go into, like, what happens next, because it's, it's functionally, like, two episodes playing out kind of in parallel with each other and then he's immediately like like we, we get like an entire semester or year at wesleyan in one episode basically I, I mean i don't think they do that i mean I, when i say i i'm assuming they do a whole season of rehab you kind of have to do mm. the whole season as rehab and then you get a maybe yeah. you get like half a season of him teaching at wesleyan it just feels very short his time it was and i, I don't you know maybe you then have to come up with stronger students and like other faculty and all this for him to interact with as a as a season's worth of of characters but yeah it does feel quite short and sharp but i mean i guess that's some of the point that it's ripped away from him as quickly as it started kind of thing and like this is his oh wow this could be a life for me away from la and fame and everything i hate kind of thing and i could actually do this and then it's it's ripped from him so maybe that's part of the point one way or the other we're talking about what happens with bojack so i guess not really much to talk about beyond that so let's get into it benjamin you are going to tell me what happened briefly in each of these episodes i will throw in my favorite little silly throwaway joke with each one are you ready I'm ready. We start with intermediate scene study with Bojack Horseman. This is Bojack's semester of teaching at Wesleyan. It basically just, uh, it, it kind of starts with him starting teaching and ends with the end of year, like, review with all of his students performing scenes, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Then you'd be my husband and my boss, like I can Tina turn. no, but I'm sure there are good <laughs> examples. There must be. <laughs> <laughs> good damage. Diane on antidepressants, who is basically struggling to write her book now, even like, but for different reasons she had than when she was depressed, and then inadvertently ends up writing a a kind of like YA yeah. detective book about a food court detective. Ivy Tran, food court detective, <laughs> loosely based on a rude like employee of a clothing store. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and again, like this one kind of book ends with the first episode where it ends with like the half conversation that Diane and Todd have about. Like where where she's at writing her memoir, mm. um, yeah. yeah, and again all about like Diane thinking that if she can't make art out of her trauma, then it's not a good trauma. Like it's what just... was it all for? Yeah, as she puts it. Yeah, it's also an episode where Paige and Max are on the tail of Penny and yes. uh, <laughs> two refrigerators. Give my regards to the Rockefellers. Uh, <laughs> I just like that as a little line read. Sunk cost and all that. Um, kind of the closest thing we get to Mr. Peanut Butter this this season, which is Mr. Peanut Butter, Pickles, and Joey running Hell if I Know. Yes, and... renamed from Elefanto or something. Like yeah, that. Elefanto to Elefino, which they get potentially too many jokes out of <laughs> the course of the season. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is a small plate, lazy Susan 
dim sum restaurant for white people. Um, With pissed peanut butter's face on the menu. <laughs> you can take or leave that, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, it's for white people, so it's more accessible. <laughs> but really, like, th- this is, like, their episode and kind of, like, wraps up their plotline, really. But fundamentally, this is Bojack, Diane, Princess Carolyn, and Todd trying to figure out what Paige and Claire and... Um, uh, Mr. and Banks are like trying to yeah. trying to find out about him. So basically, yeah. I, I mean, I, just my favorite moment in this one because it will not come again is like when Todd is like able to like Bojack again, mm-hmm. and then when Bojack starts slipping into like his points of denial and not being open about his emotions, he's just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going. Like, let yeah. me know when the new Bojack's back." Just disappointed. Yeah, like him saying they can't get me on stuff that I did before rehab is like, of course they fucking can. <laughs> so they do have two big white boards of everything Bojack's done which are definitely missing some things but my favourite one from there is lied about dating Natalie Portman which if you recall Moby <laughs> caught some heat for basically inventing a relationship with Natalie Portman very good Xerox of a Xerox this is Bojack doing damage control where he he does an interview with Biscuits Braxby and basically the first one goes so well that it gives the highest ratings ever to to Pinky Pit Penguin's um, television channel and um, they decide to follow up again and Bojack is so happy about like how it went and everyone loves him and then Paige Sinclair gives notes to Biscuits Braxby on like how to do a real interview and it completely destroys his career this second interview yup what kind of shows do you think Pinky's Network shows other than Birthday Dad and, like... I feel like it's probably kind of, like, a cross between USA Network when it's, like, Suits and Monk and Psych and all those things, but then also maybe, like, reruns of old sci-fi shows from, like, the okay. 90s. Okay. <laughs> It's not so much the joke as the line reading by Paul F. Tompkins, where it's like, excuse me, I'm receiving a text message, and it appears we've broken up forever. <laughs> as he is optimistically saying how it's going with pickles. Uh, the horny unicorn. Um, Bojack tries to... Uh, well, Bojack basically ends up with Vance Wagner, who they want to do, like, a, a big reactionary movie? Yes. Called The Horny Unicorn? I can't remember if it's a movie or a TV show. I think show. it's a movie, yeah. Um... But, like, he basically gives in to all his worst impulses. I think he relapses on the alcohol in this episode. He but the, the kind of through line is, Holly Hawk has not been responding to his phone calls post the interview, and she has sent him a letter that he refuses to to read. And then when, his, when her phone number is unlisted, he opens the letter and has a kind of panic attack to end the episode. Yeah, and he ends up with alcohol in his hand, and yeah. we can put two and two together there not a great one for jokes i guess the thing about most hatted celebrities that the fast food (laughs) people are saying at the beginning i don't know angela yeah as i said earlier like this is kind of a todd and a princess carolyn episode because this is princess carolyn realizing that she she gets an offer to run a female portion of lenny turtletob's agency she realizes she loves judah by like when they keep on like not attending the same events together todd and maud go for dinner with todd's parents but his mum doesn't show up so then he does the crazy scheme with margot martindale to get kidnapped mm-hmm. um and actually gives his mother a anxiety attack because of like what happens <laughs> but it lets them bond again it's but, kind uh, of like wrapping everybody other than bojack everyone but other than bojack but it really is kind of like more todd and maud because mm. diane 
what Diane and Guy have to move to Houston. Yes, his ex-wife is ta- is going to Houston, and she has full custody. So that means Sonny is going. Yeah, so and, also, means, and we haven't mentioned yeah. Sonny at all. Where like the other the other thing that Diane is doing in like every episode is like getting closer to Guy's son, yeah. Sonny. And she like points out that like they've been living together for however long, and she's never met him. And like we saw last season, he like shoved her out of the house because he was coming over kind of thing um so yeah we yeah closure and, there and then the big one in this one is obviously they kind of finally pay off having angelica houston for that like seemingly random mm. role in season one by having angela show up again as the head of the network or head of abc or like whatever yeah who basically comes in and says like we, we want to do a bojack horseman blu-ray but like we've had to bin that now i want to buy you out of your residuals for for horsing around so we can repackage it as like a sarah lynn tribute show yeah eight minute episodes which are perfect for today's audience uh with no horse and it's like universal advice that works in any situation rather than yeah but obviously the the climax of this is kind Mm. of like what kicks us into the view from halfway down which is angela saying oh you could have fully quit the show and saved her and Bojack, oh, God, is like, yeah. and Bojack is like, oh, this is this is the thing. Like, not yeah. his relationship with his family. That he didn't know that he could have put his foot down and got... She framed it as, there's nothing you can do, let this happen. And it turns out that she was just bluffing and he could have been like, no, fuck you, you keep me. And she outright... We see the flashback to the conversation and she's like, we can do the show with anything, with anyone... We can replace anyone but the horse, basically. Yeah, yeah and that does make him fully, fully spiral. Uh, she's really good she is and i like when she says obviously michael eisner is a compassionate and progressive individual <laughs> uh, michael eisner is the founder of toronto who make bojack horseman so <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh the view from halfway down i assume you have no memory of whatsoever uh no something about a dinner dinner dream i don't know maybe maybe it'll come back to me later yeah on. maybe maybe i like that cordray jackson jackson does an aerial routine given how he died um <laughs> And our finale, nice while it lasted. Yeah, this is uh, Bojack is is released from prison after the events of the View from Halfway Down, and he gets to attend Princess Carolyn and Judah's wedding, and kind of gets like little scenes with each of the main characters, like Mister Peanut Butter driving him to the wedding, Todd on the beach watching some fireworks, a, a like a dance and some food with Princess Carolyn, and then finally uh, sitting on the roof with Diane. Yeah, I like Headless Horseman Cinematic Universe dead at Sony uh, <laughs> as a pullout of horse dead or whatever, <laughs> horseman dead or whatever. Right, I'm assuming, based on how you have been talking, that we're a lock for The View from Halfway Down. I feel like we hit, we're obligated to talk about it. See, my assumption would be we talk about the final two episodes. We talk about The View from Halfway Down and Nice While It Lasted. I would say as a runner-up, Good Damage is very good. Would that have been your pick over the finale? Good, good Damage is very good. Okay. I really like Xerox of a Xerox. Okay. Um, my other yeah. backup was Angela, so you're on my third backup. But... I mean, Xerox of a Xerox, I think, if only for the interview scenes. I don't think it is like a whole episode thing, because obviously there's so much going on with kind of other other parts of the episode, but I do think the centralness of the interviews and having all the other cast members kind of like deciding to either watch or not watch the interview and everyone's reaction to it and just how... Him being a little bit too pleased with himself and that sort of turning Princess Carolyn off quite a bit, where she, you know, she did everything she could for damage control for him, and then when he's like, oh man, that was great, instead of like, 
we really dodged one there and then trying yeah. to lay the fuck low and him being like oh my god i could be a big celebrity now and even like, though oh, he god. must know he <laughs> must know that there's like something else that could come out mm-hmm. but i guess that's the thing where like because he said like, is it in earlier in zero and zero or in the other episode where he goes like oh i covered my tracks so it's fine uh, i couldn't tell you but yeah yeah but that's the bit obviously because this is the one where it comes out that he waited 17 minutes to call I'm surprised that's not treated as a. I mean, he is hated for it, obviously, but like. It's the sleeping with her that really sets off the other people. It's like the, the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that he ends up going to prison for breaking into someone's house rather than like. I don't know what exact crime. Prevention of. I don't know. Like, is that manslaughter to like not call the police soon enough? Well, those or, things I like. I do like because what? It's, it's the. But they settle out of court. Anyway, they settle out. So. They settle out of court. So he settles out of court with Sarah Lynn's parents for five million, and then he's sued million. for a hundred million by Xerox for the negative connotations of saying Xerox of a Xerox of a person while confessing all this stuff. Yeah, um, and then the spiral is what gets him. But obviously, he also has a lot of money from this uh, from selling the his buyout. Rights. Yeah, you assume the buyout covers some between his house and the buyout. And you already sold the restaurant or whatever, but like, yeah. But I think um, I think I think that's all we need to discuss about Xerox is Xerox. I okay. think we, we like we kind of covered like what what that means because it's kind of like this is the one where like everything's locked into place where it yeah. kind of like it sets up all the final stuff. But realistically, well, I, I was to talk about you from halfway down and nice while it lasted. Yeah, I was gonna say even if we don't pick nice while it lasted, I feel because it's the end of the whole show and thus the yeah. end of the podcast, we have to talk about it anyway. So I would have sprung for three episodes but in the interest of not making it two and a half hours i'll just say yeah good damage has some really good stuff for diane and like the the animation is great and like the central idea that like i think a lot of people have this where like especially like aspiring artists who want to put their pain into their art for her to be like wait so my biggest hit is gonna be like this stupid thing i just sort of spaffed out while spacing out in a mall so what was all of this for? Like, couldn't I have just been happy all this time? And, like, Princess Carolyn doesn't have an answer for her, but she's like, all I know is this is good, so you should make it and not worry about this as much. And, you know, maybe Diane does the essay, the book of uh, personal essays at a later date, but it's a really nice episode. Like, the the two yeah. part of, the two Chicago, big Chicago episodes are both really good. But yeah, yeah. I think it's the final two episodes. It's the final need. two episodes. I, I, the other thing I want to say is I do really like how her writing this book is also what gets her closer to Sunny. Like, yes. it's just a nice little thing where like, I think that also helps it click into like, oh, this does actually matter, especially when their first interaction between Diane and Sunny <laughs> is her accidentally saying that her parent, that his parents hate each other. Yeah, and he's like bursting into tears and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's no, like, they're going to get back together. <laughs> he's supposed to be like a strong 16, 17 year old, but then fundamentally like, still is not processing his parents' divorce very well. Yeah. And I love him being like, yeah, well, you're a girl, so <laughs> Uh, right, yes, we, we have these final two episodes where, like, Angela ends with him watching his own audition as a special feature on the Blu-ray. He he takes a couple of the Blu-rays and her car as a signing bonus, and he's watching it on the TV. He's broken into his house, which he doesn't live in anymore. He's been forced to sell it, but he's drunk. He's high. He breaks into his old home. He watches the Blu-ray. It, like, I really love it cutting to black so like you can see his reflection in the television and you go mm. from young optimistic him to like completely fucked 50 plus year old him the gray hair contrasting with yeah. like how, how he'd been dying his hair all beforehand like yeah, the drunk yeah. the high they're just completely disheveled and yeah. and then we go straight into the view from halfway down i just want to say up front hell of an episode really really love it also 
rated 9.9 on IMDb, and some people won't ever shut the fuck up about it. And I do respect what they have made with it, but I don't think it's even the best episode of BoJack, let alone, like, you know... You think about how much stuff gets downvoted on IMDb, like how hard it is to get anywhere close to a 10. For this to be sitting on a 9.9 with like 20,000 ratings, I think is why. Like, I mean, it's it's number three on IMDb's top episodes of television ever. Exactly. Like, and it's, like, I don't think it is that. IMDb is obviously fundamentally broken in terms of like yeah. how it deals with television. There's a lot of... Like, the shows that people love, like, there's a lot of Breaking Bad, there's a lot yeah. of Vertical Soul, there's a lot of Game of Thrones, Succession, Mr. Robot, in this mm. kind of, like, top chunk of episodes. But then also there's a lot of anime. Like, there's so much anime <laughs> when you kind of, like, expand the entire list out. But, like, I It mean, feels like that's, like, you've kind of excluded a general audience who would uh, bring things back down to earth, and you've kind of left that to these hardcoreists who are like, oh my god, this episode of whatever, whatever. Um, I mean, do we want to, like, I'm just going to quickly run through what yeah, the, sure. current te- the current ten episodes of IMDb are of all times. So number sure. ten is the Breaking Bad finale. Okay. Number nine is the Game of Thrones Reigns of Castamere, so the Red Wedding episode. Yeah. Number eight is Succession Connor's Wedding, which is obviously the big episode from the final season, which I don't think we're out of spoiler territory of yet in that one, <laughs> but if you know, you know. Sure. Um, <laughs> Seven is Face Off Breaking Bad, it's the episode where Gus Gus Fring dies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better Call Saul is Plan and Execution, which is, again, another one which we're probably not out the spoiler window for yet, but is a, a, from the final season of, of Better Call Saul. Okay. Five is, okay, Avatar The Last Airbender, Sozin's Comment Part 4, Avatar Ang. I assume this is the episode where Ang <sighs> comes into his avatarness and is, like, probably the final episode. I think so and he like wipes the floor with mark hamill yeah i think it is that one yeah okay four is vinland saga end of the prologue sure no idea bojack horseman the view from halfway down six feet under everyone's waiting the final episode of of six feet under which is really like not a good episode apart from the last five minutes which are kind of like a 30 out of 10 like ending (laughs) sequence for a television show which is kind of like what's happening here and then number one is breaky band ozymandias which is to my money the best episode of television ever but Uh, I mean, we can't all ep- be right about everything. <laughs> it's, uh. it's the only episode that's got a ten, but also like the number of ratings is so much higher than everything else on the list. Where everything else is kind of like, yeah, like fifty thousand votes and stuff like that, and this one is two hundred and ten thousand votes. Okay, maybe I need to go give that a more realistic rating, and it will just suddenly drag down after my one vote. Um, Let's see what's the what is the the breakdown of that one? How many one stars have been given <laughs> by people in the same boat as you? Uh, I don't think it's one. St- it's obviously excellent. But it's not a 10. It's not the uh, best episode of TV 182,010 10 out of 10 votes, and then there are 19,001 out of 10 votes, because IMDb does nothing apart from break, <laughs> break things 10 or 1. Wonderful. Truly an awful website that so many people base around, like, what the best TV shows and what the best movies are, but, like, the, mm-hmm. all the rating scales are lots of 10s and lots of 1s. Yeah. I mean, I remember when Breaking Bad was ending and, like, someone I worked with was, like, talking about... Because in, like, the UK, it all, like comes to netflix or whatever and it was just so like yeah all the ratings are the final like four or five episodes it's like 9.4 9.1 9.6 and i was like that doesn't mean it's good like because <laughs> we haven't seen them yet and he was like yeah i'm really hyped because all the episodes have got nines i was like i mean <laughs> go with something other than imdb please <laughs> anyway right view from halfway down we haven't really gotten into writers directors etc of individual episodes but alison taffel wrote the view from halfway down 
after writing a super piece of shit interior sub and feel good story so you can kind of see a pattern of quality there between uh, the episodes that i'm just you know what's really not upsetting but mm. like vaguely like alison teffel like she's been on the show since since 2017 i think she started as a staff writer and then obviously got to be the writer of stupid piece of shit she mm-hmm. wrote interior sub last season yeah and then she wrote feel good story and view from halfway down in season six so really fucking talented mm-hmm. as a as a writer kind of like the perfect example of like someone who does the goes through the trenches of a television show and then gets to go on to write something else afterwards her two credits since then have been writing 83 episodes of the tonight show with jimmy fallon in 2020 oh no <laughs> and two episodes of the twisted metal tv show that aired this year i hear that's surprisingly all right i'm sure with, I'm and sure. like you know she's got will arnett back in her roster yeah. like <laughs> maybe maybe he's the, maybe will arnett is the one who kind of like brought her on or something and maybe. was just like i i really like how she writes for me as a voice actor and well yeah i mean the i mean not to get too into it immediately but like bojack's father in this is play is is looks like secretariat but has his father's voice they were gonna have will arnett and john krasinski like alternate the lines back and forth but then will arnett's reading of the big poem at the end was so good that they didn't even call john krasinski so like (laughs) i assume that like he probably like really enjoyed reading that poem and like the tone of this in general like yeah, it's very fatalist and, and philosophical and also gives him, you know, he goes all over the place in this one. So yeah, I could see Will Arnett being like, no, 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 you need to come with me to Twisted Metal. My big new hit TV show, <laughs> Twisted Metal. <laughs> I mean, I assume it's probably a good thing that it happened because obviously he's about to like completely take off with his uh, some good news in 2020, John Krasinski. So his quote would have been <laughs> way too high uh, if they'd had to wait a little bit into the pandemic. Yeah, and he's probably got another uh, CIA fetish film coming out at some point i mean, I, I think the next one for him is probably good place not good place quiet place part three <sighs> mm-hmm. so the premise of this is your standard i mean th- this is my other thing about this while it is good it is also kind of like exactly what you would predict would happen here and it's like a certain type of person thinks this is the most clever shit in the whole world and it's like it's not that it's bad but like have we not all seen this like a thousand times at this point? Like this is this is like the third time that Bojack Horseman have done this style yeah. episode. I think it is the best. Yeah, one like, of the episodes. In my criticism, I'm not saying it's bad. It, it's excellent. It's really, really good. I just resent when we go that extra little bit at the end where we're like, "This is the best episode of BoJack ever. This is the third best episode of all of television ever. This is as high art as high art gets." It's like, I mean, is it? But we'll talk about it. Um, yes, so Bojack um, arrives at a sort of lavish dinner party uh, with his mother, Herb, Cracker Jack, his uncle, who we never met, Cordray Jackson Jackson, a young Sarah Lynn who ages up throughout the episode. So when they knock at the door, she's the child on the show, and then she's the like, or like the child at the beginning of the show, and then when they get inside, she's like the kid on horsing around when it's a hit, and then she's like young pop star, and then like full spiraling drug addict uh and zach braff is our butler <laughs> for reasons <laughs> yeah and basically like, all of the significant characters whose deaths bojack has either been around for and mm-hmm. seen or have had like an outsized yeah. impact on his life I, and, I, I, I don't, and, I, his, yeah has his mum like his mum never really talked about cracker jack i feel i mean like, he makes the comment about oh the uncle i never met but could still never live up to kind of i i think it's just cracker jack's death really fucked up his mother 
Well, fucked up. He fucks up his grandmother, which then in turn fucks up his mother. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, in a roundabout way, yeah, yeah, like like the advice of like never love anything kind of thing, which she then you know takes towards Bojack. Yeah, like it, it's like a looming specter in the family history kind of thing. It does feel a little bit strange and like. Like, Cordray Jackson Jackson, a character that was, like, barely in the fucking show, but Bojack walked in on his death. And, like, it is that thing of, like, while for us as watchers of this wacky TV show that's occasionally poignant and deep, he's a very minor character. For Bojack, a real in-this-world person, death is a big thing, and it stays with you. So, like, I can see an argument where it's like, this should be a different set of people. But it's like, no, but I think that would have affected him. And then, like, I think Zach Braff just... I, I think he's relegated to the butler because it's like a sillier death. But um, yeah, did I, he I, even I, witness that, or was he like? Uh, no, I guess they were back in the kitchen by that point. But, yeah, yeah, they're there uh, for the they're there for the burning of Zach Braff. <laughs> yes, the eating of Zach Braff, which is why he's not he's serving food rather than uh, yeah, yeah. They do the clever thing with like at the dinner party, they are each served their final meal, so it's like Cordery Jackson Jackson has a lemon <laughs> because he was he obviously needed to bite down a lemon during his his funky Spider Man routine. Yes. Um, Herb is peanuts. peanuts because he crashed into a peanut car or peanut van and he was like allergic to peanuts. Uh-huh. Sarah Lynn is having burger and fries because presumably they stopped to get some fast food before they went to the planetarium. Uh-huh. Cracker Jack has just some like army um, rations. Army yeah. rations. Petrus is eating from a, a kind of care food plate mm-hmm. that you get served at, at old folks home and then... Bojack's just got a whole load of pills. Yeah, Bojack's got a whole load of pills and then Secretariat's just got whiskey i think it's like i think he's eating like bacon and eggs or something but, but oh, okay. like it feels like a a thing that like you know a I, man, don't know like, I don't know if it's supposed to be secretariat's last meal because obviously he jumps off the bridge or if it's supposed to be well it's the, the amalgamation isn't it? Dad. Yeah, yeah i think that's the the idea that like you could see his father being someone who eats bacon like every day and like dies of high cholesterol or something we don't know how oh no a duel a duel accident <laughs> of course oh so he would have had breakfast before he headed off to his duel probably yeah yeah <laughs> oh a stupid death yeah and then like maybe the whiskey is uh is secretariats we don't know but yeah and then zach braff is serving everything because he served as a final meal for everyone in that ridiculous fracking episode it's full of little things like that like you've got the bird being chased around the house because like a a bird trapped in your home is like an omen that someone's going to die. You have the tar dripping from the ceiling and then like swallowing them and that dates back to Charlotte talking to Bojack about like, you know, living in LA, you're in this beautiful city atop tar pits and you may not realise until it's too late that you sunk into them, so that's clearly stayed with him when she said that. The smartest thing in the episode is that at exactly seventeen minutes he realizes that he's in the pool and he's dead, dying whatever, representing those 17 minutes he didn't call an ambulance for Sarah Lynn. Very smart. And they do a lot of great stuff with the art, where, like, you know, they're in the house, and then he steps outside with Dad's secretariat, and they're on the bridge that secretariat jumped off, but when they look over, it's the balcony at Bojack's, and the pool is below, and then him in the pool is, like, on the ceiling, and, yeah, just all kinds of abstract, um, very clever stuff. He just spends the episode sort of, like, having philosophical debates with these people who died about things like sacrifice and selflessness and good personism and all this stuff. He dismisses it as a recurring dream at first and then realises, oh shit. And one by one they sort of perform a little number and then get sucked through this door to their 
ostensible death and you have herb quite saying oh buddy there's nothing other than this and this isn't real and this is what your brain thinks it needs to do and yeah all that stuff and and having secretariat dad as the like obviously his relationship with his father was really bad and he hero worshiped secretariat so it's kind of like an amalgamation of the two father figures in his life as i say it's really good there's loads of little fun art touches and I mean, obviously, the two moments that people kind of talk about is the is the secretariat poem, mm-hmm. the the view from halfway down of obviously like of basically like, some people are comfortable with the idea of going off into the mm. into the next part of their life or whatever. When like some people are like trying to escape from it, and secretariat is kind of like reading this poem, which is really like basically narrating secretariat suicide yeah and and realizing that he didn't want to do it essentially and i like that it i mean this is my read anyway like you may disagree or anyone listening may disagree but like i like that the poem starts off really bad when it's sort of like something his dad would have written and then like as the penny drops and he starts to not want to go and becomes desperate it becomes more it becomes better it becomes more real it becomes more like human as you could argue it shifts over to secretariat clinging to life kind of thing yeah. Um. I just think that's a nice touch because, like, they yeah. they've been good at throughout the show of like doing Bojack's father's writing being really hacky and bad <laughs> and overwritten and everything. I mean, what? How does it start? Like the weak breeze whispers nothing. The water screams sublime. His feet shift, teeter totter. Deep breath, stand back. It's time. And yeah. yeah. And then by the end, you get to it where it's like it gets the repetition of like the view from halfway down is like mm-hmm. every other line, yeah. and the the door is like getting closer, and Herb is kind of like saying like you just need to relax and kind of like let it happen. Yeah. yeah. Stanley Tucci, I think, is MVP of this episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Like MC seeing death like his personal tour guide through his near-death experience i just really want to know what like that call was to tucci where he's like hey stanley remember that job that were like you did seven years ago where we got you to voice kind of like a guy with cancer and I mean, like, he's been back a number of times in I much know, but, shorter roles yeah, he's, he's but... in he's done 12 episodes of the show but like it must be weird to get the call and be like right we need you to kind of like be the linchpin of this this episode where like it's carrying it but like you're gonna do our i just think he wouldn't have kept coming back if he didn't genuinely enjoy it like so i i could see him being like oh that sounds great like (laughs) i just i I just wonder how fucked they would have been if if tucci was like no if he said no like who do you replace this with because i think like his mother maybe or his father both yeah like himself essentially he does he does six episodes in 2014 two in 2015 which is obviously when he dies and then he's back for 19 one episode in 2019 and three episodes in 2020 so obviously like yeah the 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 bulk of his appearances since have been in this this final season really and he hadn't actually been on the show between season two and seasons season six no but you're right like him him doing the hard truths kind of thing is is really really good throughout and i still see the kind of like clips from this episode of like the of of his final speech to bojack where he's like Mm. Yeah, there's nothing after this and like his body being absorbed by by the tar yeah and uh yeah they all like sarah lynn's like heartfelt piano number that like the lyrics never change throughout so it's not like the kind of disgusting lyrics that we've had from her pop songs but like the style of the like the instrumental music and what she's doing change to like match her shitty pop songs but then it goes back to the haunting number and yeah i think that's really clever and you get cracker jack and his mother doing like a little song and dance number and yeah they're all just sort of absorbed one by one zach braff with his ridiculous roller routine 
But no, it, it's it's good stuff. They tease it with stuff like Bojack's water tastes like chlorine, and he talks about oh, it must be from when I went swimming earlier. When did I go swimming? Kind of thing, and you know, like, and then you realise that yeah, he whether I mean, intentionally it's... or not went in the pool after watching his audition, and we don't we don't know at this time if he tried to kill himself or he just went swimming while high and drunk and like you know drowned i mean again alison brie coming in in clutch yeah in the moments of this episode when like the entire house like he's managed to get through most of the house and then at the very end he realizes oh my well he's adamant her. throughout that like that he, he called... called diane so he can't be dead because he called her so how could he be dead kind of yeah. thing and then and then he basically goes like it went to answer phone yeah her being like i live in chicago how could i even help you and that he asked her should i go back in the pool basically so it's like essentially did he go swimming and it's fine and then he thought should i drown myself i'll call diane and check basically and put that on her which she will shout at him about in the finale (laughs) rightfully but yeah like that realization that it went to and then, like, can I just talk to you for a little bit? And then them having just the most banal conversation, I think, is such a great choice. Um, yeah, my day was good. And then he's just swallowed up into tar as, like, a, a flatlining heart monitor goes. It's it's really good. And, like, yeah, they, I mean, they that, have that, that Hockney knockoff painting that's been in the whole show with, like, him looking at a horse in the pool. Like, it's, it's in the house and it's been changed so the horse is drowning. Just excellent art effects like that. All the storyboard artists coming through big time. It's got great acting. It's very well written. It's just, I just resist this idea. It's the best episode of BoJack, let alone the third best episode ever. Um, what would you What would you claim is the best episode of BoJack? I mean, just on this rewatch. I just, I mean, I, it's not a firm top ten, but if we're looking at like the best episodes, it's like you know, Escape from LA, Fish Out of Water, That's Too Much Man, The Old Sugarman Place, Stupid Piece of Shit, Ruthie, Times Arrow, Free Churro, Interior Sub, Showstopper, and I would say the finale is really good as well. I don't think all of those are better than this, but I think there's a couple in there that I like better. I think Times Arrow is better than this, personally. Yeah, um, I think Times Arrow is probably... Times Arrow 3 Churro are probably the crowning achievements of the yeah. show in, in terms of, like, the... Not having the burden to, like, wrap the show up, essentially. Yeah. I really like Escape from L.A. as well. Like, it, it's it's such a, like, weird episode. Like, like, how they even get to it is, like, a bit of a stretch. But, like, by the end of it, when you're in that drama of, like, whoa, Bojack, what are you doing? And, like, you know, just some of the shots they get out of that with them, like, letting off their glow stick balloons and stuff. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're not ranking these. It's too late no. for that. I could have, I should have been careful keeping a list if we were doing that. But <laughs> I also think the finale, which we should talk about next, is exceptionally good. Nice while it lasted. As we said, only the five core cast uh, get to speak, and I like that a lot. So we get the, like, montage of the, of the heart monitor, like, picking back up. Oh, I should say... Some people are adamant that he does die and the finale is like heaven or a dream sequence and they're like, no, that's not what happened. He, he, We were never going to kill Bojack Horseman. But, you know, some people like that shit. So, yeah, we get a fun little montage of him waking up, going to prison for the break-in part of his, his near-death experience. I like that it opens with Bojack and Diane on the roof looking up at the stars and then the, like, the heart monitor is like above them and then we come back around on it. But yeah, it's like a year later, so he's most of the way through his sentence, so I guess he's allowed a day release to go to Princess Carolyn's wedding. And then as you say, like, as you said when you were summarising it, like, 
he basically gets a scene with each of the cast and you know to start with mr peanut butter and all the ridiculousness with birthday dad winning every single award that him talking about kind of having a breakthrough uh he makes like the joke about christopher nolan where like they are present but they are never part of it kind of thing (laughs) oh and he tries to give the hollywood the hollywood d back and then it's the same company he keeps ordering signs from so he said d as in birthday dad and then they gave him a B, and he was like, obviously I meant the D in Birthday Dad. And then he says, I would strongly consider using a different company in the future. <laughs> like, no, I'm done with you people. So it is known as Hollywood for our final episode, which is a nice little... Yeah, their part is like, whatever. It's just like, ah, see you later. And like, you know, obviously the little button of, I promise I will stay with you at the entire wedding. I will not leave your side unless my friend Erica. (laughs) And then it just cuts to hit Bojack by himself because, yeah, that happened instantly. He gets to talk to Todd. Like, Todd asks him to come out onto the beach because he can tell he's overwhelmed. It's like a nice little, like you said, like, let me know when good Bojack's back. Like, for all of their, like, drama, Todd is still wants to be he wants good things for him like they're not gonna hang out all the time but yeah he fundamentally said earlier on the episode where like bojack was my best friend for like five years and obviously he just isn't now but it's it it is nice to see them bond even Mm. though i think both all three of these conversations now have the pain of a friendship that can never be as good as it had once been it's the part that hits real hard is all of them have acknowledged that Bojack was not intended to be a forever person for them. And, like, maybe he will continue to have some kind of relationship with Princess Carolyn forever. But, like, that is how life goes. You have these really strong bonds. And we've talked about it on There Will Be Movies, and we've talked about it on basically every podcast we've done. Like, there are windows of your life that... There are chapters of your life that end, and you think while you're in them they won't, and you will retain these relationships. And, like, realistically, most of the time... They do, and you just stop being as good friends with them, unless you get a podcast going with that person and <laughs> keep talking to them for five years. And yeah, they've all kind of got something for themselves without him, so they're comfortable saying, hey, I love you, you were my friend, we had some good and bad times together, but now I've got something else. And Vojak kind of doesn't have that, but like we know he's enjoying teaching. Like, we saw it at Wesleyan. He's now teaching at the prison. He says he wants to continue volunteering at the prison, which is a nice thing to do. Yeah, got... I, think, I think that is the nicest thing of this season, is Bojack realising he's actually a really good teacher, and yeah. he absolutely should not be allowed to teach kids. <laughs> um, I think is the number one thing, just because of his his consistent abuses of power. Yeah, I think I think the, the Xerox of a Xerox really lays out that whether it's an intentional thing or not, he has consistently found himself around younger women, and as it's put to him, he's like abusing his power over them, kind of thing. Um, between like even Diane, uh, but like Penny and Wanda even is brought up, and and yeah, all this stuff, and and arguably Hollyhock, like like he immediately assumes the position of authority with Hollyhock and isn't great with her, and I don't think he. My read is he is not intentionally that way, but like whether he likes it or not, that is a thing for him, and it's something he needs to talk about in therapy. But that's for another off the off camera scene kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, and like um, you know, so like he and Todd talk about like isn't the point of art less what people put into it and more what they get out of it, and I think that's supposed to be like a bit of a meta commentary on the show. Um, 
and 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 you know especially for a finale like hey this is over whatever you enjoyed about bojack good for you kind of thing uh and then he talks to prince carolyn they have a dance together so the part that like is a bit i don't know if it's bothersome or like yeah that's exactly how that would go it kind of makes everything that's happened feel a bit inconsequential because everything finally came out he finally got a comeuppance for it he was completely hated he lost his whole career goes to prison all of his friends want nothing to do with him anymore a year later everyone's forgotten about it horny unicorn is is gonna be a hit hollywood is excited about his comeback and he's just gonna get to be famous more and it's like oh okay <laughs> like, i think I, that's that's what the show is ultimately commenting on i think they I know, get yeah. that cancel culture thing where they're like you don't you can't actually cancel these people yeah. because people just forget or they don't they don't remember that this stuff i mean and it just takes like a new thing like dangle a new set of keys in front of people a little bit of time and then a new project a new film a new song a new album whatever it is for whoever it is like i pessimistically remember when the chris brown stuff happened with rihanna i was like you give that six months to a year he's gonna release a new album and a lot of women are disappointingly gonna be like oh my god i love chris brown i don't even think it's just women though i think no no i know but like you would think you do something like that you've lost your female audience forever yeah and i was like there will be women thirsting after him the second he drops a new album it, it is weird that he's kind of like the outlier where i feel like when these things happen it tends to be white cis het males who who get to come back and yeah. the only yeah. ones who stay consistently cancelled are people your, of color yeah people of color people like i mean like what we have not had a I mean, I'm sure he's attempted it, but it's not like Kevin Spacey is is making headrows in kind of like his comeback. At I mean, hasn't he now been found? Didn't a judge rule that? I don't know. Yeah, like something happened. So like that feels like the forerunner to like he'll attempt to sneak into a TV show or a movie or something. But... Yeah, I'm absolutely sure he will. But it's like, I mean, Jonathan Majors is obviously also. Mm as terrible as all these people but like the fact that there's still debate going on with it and kind of like i don't know like johnny depp being like handled with kid gloves in comparison to amber heard who is currently not being seen in the Mm -hmm. in the aquaman 2 trailers and all the rest of it and it's just a lot of these things where like when it's women when it's people of color when it's people of different sexualities the tail on it is so much longer because you probably have a bigger audience who is willing to be mad at them whereas your your lewis ck's and stuff like that there's always going to be like an audience of of straight het men who are like he did nothing wrong like masturbating in front of like your female staff members is is not yeah, something yeah, yeah, that you yeah. do wrong uh he should be able to go on like a on a world tour and like do his comedy in huge venues um, <laughs> at this point it's it's just it's depressing and yeah. I, I, all of these people should be treated equally in terms of it but i think bojack is obviously they're coming out like he is even though he's a horse he's a cess white male yes. he's going to get these chances he was a star he, there is still cachet to his name even if at this point like if the show goes on for another season you have to imagine he has to record with the fact that like whatever new fan base he has is fundamentally made up of terrible people yeah like, are... and it's like princess carolyn has like found a market for him and it's it's a different market but it's viable and he can and she can get him work basically and they do have that moment where he says he needs representation or whatever and she says like, she can recommend some people you can read that as yes i will represent you again or i can't 
you have to understand that, but I will absolutely hook you up with one of my staff or whatever. Like, I mean, that I read it as like it's not me, and I read that yeah. as like I, I read the Todd, the Diane, and the Princess Carolyn ones as all of them kind of going like goodbye. This might, this might be it. Like, maybe we have a professional relationship, like especially like Princess Carolyn. They will almost definitely be seen at industry events and whatnot. But like, we're well, done. Your time as like, yeah, my personal comfort, and like. That she is the last one in the room with him when he's, like, listing all of the bad stuff he did. It's, like, as we've said before, like, this is the most consistent emotional relationship in his life. She's, like, the last one to go. And, like, he even talks about when they're brainstorming that, maybe your happy ending is finally walking away from me. And, like, you could read that as what happens. How do you feel about Judah not being shown in the episode? And I, I like that no one talks but the big five, but it bothers me a bit that you don't get to see them together as a couple. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you want like maybe like a cutaway to a Judah cut the cake scene. Yeah, or, or like or he's in the band and he's playing his music and stuff like that. Yeah. Even if you don't hear like singing. I mean I mean there's there's one of the character who I'm kinda of sad their ending is perfect, but I'm kinda of sad we don't get to hear from them one more time before the end of the season. But that's kind of for more post thoughts on this but like, okay. we'll discuss that after diane yeah. he also realizes honeydew is good so i'm vindicated in the eyes of the lord yes his final one he and diane sit on the roof and look at the stars together which is like fully almost half the episode isn't it like everyone else has kind of had like five minute chunks i feel and then, yeah they get a lot longer yeah yeah um, diane gets like 10 minutes yeah and yeah it's like how it started like you know he listened early on to her saying that she liked to go sit on the roof when she was a kid and like mr peanut butter like never picked up on that and bojack and diane have sat on a lot of roofs together so it's a nice way to end it it has a bold choice to dress them both in blue against like a blue sky but it works and yeah they they bicker as they do always she gives him rightfully shit for saying you know the voicemail and that for seven hours she thought he was dead because she couldn't get hold of anyone because she was far away she's disappointed that he wasn't sober when he called she says he always made her feel like it was her job to save him she gives him shit about when i moved to chicago you promised me you'd be okay all of these are relatively valid criticisms i don't think her leaving is what made everything happen i think her saying you have to promise you'll be okay is quite you know you can't promise that like who the fuck knows what's going to happen in life but she reveals she did move like she initially was going to stay in chicago because of what happened with bojack then she did move to houston and then she married guy like he was a good love interest in the show he was always supportive of her like you know yeah i mean um, there's some fun moments this like when when guy comes upstairs to to offer a romantic gesture <laughs> of, like going for a walk and stuff like that and then she goes like no i'm gonna write today and he's like yes i'm gonna play video games all day. <laughs> i have it's, made it's, my romantic offer and i will now withdraw to our living room to play video games all day <laughs> it's it's a it's, it's just a, a good really... dude like he's an adult like it's there's the obviously of... some stuff with the ex-wife where you like raise a slight eyebrow but even then it's like he says he's happy for her that like she's gotten this job and like... yeah it's actually like a really nicely nuanced relationship with the ex-wife where obviously mm. like they didn't get along for personal reasons but they're actually still a quite solid uh, unit in terms of raising this child and that they have she together. has full custody but he's still it's not like he's not allowed to see him um, yeah. so that's that's generally a good sign and like yeah that they all moved to houston the three of them or four of them with sunny yeah that's a nice little button but yeah it's i mean it's it's, it's, it's a Di- lot diane basically then going that like 
Bojack makes an offhand reference is like maybe this is the last time we talk together and <laughs> like Diane makes a face that's like I think it probably is. It definitely is. She's the one that outright says it that like she well she she kind of like walks it back a little bit and there's yeah. a, like some ambiguity to it but then she gets up to leave and Bojack tries to get her to stay and that we get kind of like one final just sort of non story that goes nowhere almost or like yeah big setup for not much payoff but like in a nice way like, yeah, like the kind know. of conversation that you have with friends where yeah. it's like here's here's a funny anecdote from my life i think i yeah i think he's asking for normality with her one more uh, it's the equivalent of asking to stay on the phone with her in the in the death scene where it's like yeah. this whole conversation has been big and angry and deep and like talking about missing the mess of their lives and that was never me and like oh but weren't we friends and all that and to just end on, can we just be silly for like two minutes, please? And then you can go and we'll probably never see each other again. Um, yeah. I think that's nice. And then just like looking at the stars. With like the, the score playing and... and yeah. well, actually, wait, it's, it's, a, a, it's a Regina Spector sound alike. It's it's not her. I was convinced it was her, but it's... Mr. Blue by Catherine Feeney. Yeah, it's, there you go. Is, is the final bit of the song. Also, I fucking love the song that plays um, like So Why the Long Face. It, it's an original production Jesse for Novak. the show yeah yeah so it's like ah oh, that rips it's nice it's i think it it's quite a like low energy endings are hard <laughs> we've talked about it a lot like do you go enormous do you go quiet and realistic a thinker as it were yeah i mean i, I think finales are always hard you're more likely to get like the great episode an episode or two before the finale and it depends on like how you want to do your finale obviously breaking bad two episodes before its finale it does its big kind of like final episode and and it, it obviously works then because it takes the stakes off of the final episode to be something huge to to do the plot climax a little bit earlier and i think this is going for a similar thing where like the view from halfway down is the emotional cathartic end and this is the character end where like we're just gonna spend time with the characters and their relationships and it really does work i think this is probably one of the more successful finales for a show that i love there are shows that i adore which like maybe don't whiff the finale but it's only yeah. half successful i mean we need to this is where i do the hat tip for lost where i think <laughs> The the it's island up stuff, it, yeah. The <laughs> island stuff, I think, in that final episode is kind of so-so and a kind of like unsatisfactory ending to that half of the show. Yeah. But the stuff that really fucking lands is all of the stuff with all the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think every character beat in that final episode in the in the kind of the flash sideways is tremendous. Mm. And it's just it's just how do you view it? Like, what is the thing that's most important to you? And sometimes you get to have your cake and eat it, and sometimes you do a Game of Thrones where like your final episode is big on bombast as well mm. as like yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's hard. How do you choose to end one yeah. of these shows? Yeah. I think it's a good end. Like all the characters get something. Even Bojack is like if you view the show as like a crash course and him trying to learn and getting on the right path like he f he definitely fucks up a lot along the way but when we first met him he had no care for any of this he was just angry and bitter and grumpy and drinking heavily and fucking randoms and just being horrible and even if he has made big mistakes and probably will continue to make smaller mistakes he is at least thinking about trying to do good and like these relationships he's had with these characters have improved him he probably will against his will remain friends with mr peanut butter he will continue working in some form even if it's a shitty movie like that and he's a less popular public figure he's in a bigger 
spot than he was at the start when he was still coasting off horsing around. Yeah, I think the hardest plane to land in this entire show is how do you end Bojack's arc? Yeah. And I think the decision to show what an ideal life for him would be, yeah. but then also fundamentally make the statement and say, but he probably doesn't deserve it. No, like you said, he shouldn't be around young people like that. Like, you know, we didn't even talk about it, but like the stuff with like how he traumatized Pete Repeat with the uh, like alcohol poisoning and, and like dumping it on other people. We have no clue what Hollyhock's letter said, but clearly it was, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. Um, and she even, when they're having a little bit of beef at the start of the season, when she, Tawny says she came back from break angry kind of thing, which is where she learned from Pete Repeat about what happened in New Mexico. And she says something like, don't, like, we're not really siblings. And like, we saw how that relationship went, where they did clearly bond. And she was really excited to see him when they saw each other for like one day. But then that ended on such a sour note. And he's been so annoying with calling her and texting her and stuff. And then now she knows what she knows. She just wants to fully end. Like, they knew each other for a few months, is how she wants to view it. And like, yes, canonically, I have a brother. But like, yeah, you're not going to be a person in my life. And maybe they one day repair that but like i mean that's the thing is i kind of i mean obviously it's the smart choice to not have a big blow-up scene between between hollyhock and bojack but is she it, the one you wish yeah, had a speaking I, role I, in I, 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 I don't know how you do it because it is such a perfect and logical ending for her where she isn't one of the main cast members she yeah. is she is the one who's able to make a clean break away from his bullshit and someone in this in this cast needs to make this decision <laughs> but she's also the one with the most permanent tie to him because they, yeah. they are related and like do you have her narrate the letter do I, but you then the letter's her... more powerful not knowing what's in the letter and it, absolutely it's, it's just i i think i just want more hollyhock like just a little bit more hollyhock but i think it's the perfect amount of her exasperation for how into mm. rugby bojack gets to support her <laughs> and like bojack doesn't even realize that like he he knows that hollyhock's off with him but he doesn't know yeah. what she knows because hollyhock is kind of actually bad at yes letting people know when they've wronged her mm-hmm. which again maybe that's why the like maybe the letter is more powerful if it is but hollyhock kind of like laying out all these things and stuff mm-hmm. like that and i it's a really complicated thing where i think it's the perfect yeah. choice i just wish there was more is there like a text message from her at the end i mean he doesn't have a phone so who does yeah. how does she do it but i don't know i don't like the idea that they never speak again I know he's done everything he's done and he deserves bad things in the end. But I, but like, I think that's the that's the kind of the beauty of the show is the yeah. uncomfortableness of like, we as an audience want to see Bojack repair his relationship with Hollyhock yeah. because the kind of the central conflict of the show is we've made this shitty person the lead of our show yeah. and making the lead of the show so shitty inherently gives you some level of empathy for them. This is that thing that you see on your Mad Men's, your Breaking Bads, your Sopranos, <laughs> where the reason you, the, the female characters on those shows get so much hate like for being the <laughs> wife is because they're standing in the way of the, the yeah, quote-unquote the tortured the male artist kind of thing doing doing the cool things that we want them to do even though they're self-destructive and shitty yeah like, did you see don't... skylar got like named like either third or fifth 
biggest villain in history or whatever. It's like, get all the way fucked. <laughs> like, I think it's like, oh, because she stopped her husband from trying to form a drug empire. No, she is. <laughs> Obviously, she has blood on her hands as well for like the things yeah. that she does over the course of the show. But she is still a victim of Walter White. Yeah. And she is very well written and very well played. Yeah. And... That's... That is the case here, where it's like, at the end of this show, we sit there with Bojack, and we're like, actually, because we've spent so much time with him, I, t- I kind of want him to be a teacher, and I kind of want him to patch yeah. things up with Diane and Hollyhock. And like, I like do want... we want a redemption arc? And I, I, think, I think what they've settled on is a kind of halfway medium, where yeah. he doesn't get everything he wants, he's permanently, potentially lost some of these big relationships, the only relationships he has in his life, but he's not going to spend all of his life in prison, he's not killed himself... He has worked through some stuff, and he will potentially do this. Like, he's probably going to have a shitty career in terms of artistic merit, but then he's also probably going to continue some form of teaching and volunteering, and maybe AA and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, I think that's as good as he could hope for, and I think it is... He's got to just take that. And I think he he does. I think he's accepting of how it's all turned out for him. Um, yeah. And it could have gone way, way worse for him. Like yeah, he should definitely have gone to prison for some of the stuff he did. Like, for, like for not for fourteen months for like years. <laughs> yeah, it's just this lovely cognitive dissonance at the heart of the show, yeah. which I think they really lean into in interesting ways. And it's what makes it one of the best shows of the twenty tens. Is yeah. Yeah. is the emotional maturity and yeah. the ability to know that you can't give the audience what they want. You need to do what's right for the characters, and they have always 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 put the characters above yeah like the fan service I yeah think. yeah like they lead the way and it's not the show I, I think that's part of the like art is what you get out of it conversation and like you know sometimes the audience maybe don't agree with how things go but you've got to listen to the voices your characters like the sign of a successful show is can you have a mental conversation with the characters and like think what they would say to a given stimuli and yeah i think they achieve that and these people all stand up as people with voices yeah good show it turns out we were potential there was a version of this podcast where we then move into Tukaramberti, the the sort of sister show the spiritual uh <laughs> sibling as it were but we're probably not doing that. No, now, I've, unfortunately. I've, not seen, I've not seen season two or three of Two Converters no, as well. I haven't so I don't, I don't know if they stand up to a, like as good as, no. as the first season is. But like, I love that first season. Yeah, first yeah, season. I do too. I do too. Like, I mean, we'll get into this. But podcasting is probably a thing we're not going to be doing for a while. If, if again. But yeah, in a world where we had a lot more steam in us, I think Tucker and Bertie would have been coming next, and that's why it's called, like, Untitled Bojack Horseman Project Episode 1, Season 1 of Bojack Horseman, instead of just, like, Episode 1. Like, because also because <laughs> Bojack Horseman's a very rambly show as well, which is not that fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we, we get out of here, would you prefer a Paige Sinclair <laughs> or Zach Braff's big... Uh, thing to read as your tongue twister oh. attempt i'll do the other one give me a give me a zach Braff because i really okay. like your page sinclair impression oh god <laughs> now i have to do the voice too okay hang on one second good luck with i have this. my phone it's meaty i'm not ready i never got to direct my backdraft remake zach Braff's backdraft i never finished my memoir i started the zach which started the whole world braffing i never got to license the zach Braff short stack breakfast attack at shack yeah I never got to license the Zach Braff short stack breakfast attack at Shake Shack. Cash strapped hash brown fans who hashtag Zach snacks get cash back fast with Braff Bucks app. <laughs> well done, well done. Um, yeah, Paige is kind of all over the place. Well, like all of her dialogue is kind of a tongue twister, but it's not as like 
some of it spreads out. So there's stuff like, if we pivot our perspective, do we prove a larger pattern? We can paint a clearer portrait of a problematic person for a page one profile that'll pave our way, uh, will pave our path to a Pulitzer. It's more explicit. But then you've just got fun little ones like, I shall miss making mincemeat to the misdeeds of mischievous miscreants, but I must focus on my new mission as I transition from Mr. Mrs. <laughs> do you think that her and Banks get together at the end? No, because of course you do. I'm Paige Sinclair. But she does put off the wedding, like, yet again, seemingly. <laughs> it, just, it just, like, cause the show kind of ends with, like, they're very obviously having, like, tension between the two of them. Like, is the realisation... Well, he, the he tells her he loves her. And then she says, of course you do, I'm Paige Sinclair, and then drives off. <laughs> and then we see her at this wedding that she's been putting off forever. And then her sister being like, why do you talk like that? We're from Fresno. <laughs> And I had to check with you whether or not that was Paget Brewster. That's definitely Paget Brewster in her normal voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been very game in these this full season arc with this character. Not that Max Greenfield isn't also very good as 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 Max Banks, but Paget Brewster is so fucking game for this. Like, have they confirmed if she's back for the movie, the Community movie? Yeah. Uh, no, but I really she has to be though. Like, I know she arrives late in a season a lot of people haven't seen, but Frankie is awesome. <laughs> It's just one of those things where, like, obviously they've announced they've got everyone who, like, the only person missing is Piers at this point. Like, they've oh, got... <laughs> they've got Joel, Gillian, Danny, Yvette, Alison, Donald, Ken, and Jim. Like, yeah. who are, like, the, the ones you need to greenlight the movie. But I, think, I think you... Yeah, I think you need... Even if... I mean, I don't know if you get Buzz Hickey and you get... Yeah, I don't... I think I think if you're going to bring any of the kind of, like, the people who were sort of the tangentially almost main cast members, it's like you need John Oliver and you need Paget Brewster, but yeah. you don't necessarily need Buzz Hickey and you don't necessarily need Elroy. I would like to see them, even if it's, like, the quickest little scene or something, or, like... If you're not going to get them, I would like images of them or something with like, oh yeah, and, and Earl has created this thing. Or, I don't know. But I would like them to be acknowledged in some way. We'll see. I still am sceptical the movie ever actually exists, even though they, they've said saying, it will. But... They're saying it's going to happen in 2024, but I think the filming was supposed to be this summer, mm-hmm. and obviously the strikes... Oh yeah, I mean, out. everything will be delayed, but yeah, I just, some something in me is like, there'll be a big drama and it won't happen i don't know i'm oh, the one thing i'm worried about is whether or not this is going to be like a frankenstein's type thing where like <laughs> they get joel all the time because joel like needs to do it but like Donald oh, like, like an arrest of development situation yeah, <laughs> yeah like that's the thing is like and they have to shoot individual scenes with individual people but i don't yeah. think many others actually have like a regular day job at memoir danny's still on this and question. possibly that is spinning off and he will be in the spin-off so I think it's more likely he continues to be on that show than that show continues to exist. But yeah, we come full circle though because uh, Donald Glover co-starring in Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Maya Erskine playing Ivy Tran in Bojack. So there you go. If that show's go. a hit, maybe that was uh, that was a tease of our community podcast, which will never. Oh happen. God! If we ever do that, can we do one episode per episode and just drag it out forever and ever, please? Oh, on the one hand. It's difficult to, like, keep doing these, like, oh, I have to watch this by then. But also it's, like, I'm getting really sick of these, like, ones with a very short life lifespan in them. Um, like, so you want, like, a proper, like, two-year project, 110 I, episodes. Yes, yes. Or I'll be 111 by the time the movie comes out. Yes. And the reason that's being debated is, yes, uh, this podcast is over, potentially forever, probably. The next time you hear us on a podcast, we are doing one final episode of Ben and Matt's Marvelous Journey. We typically do an episode for everything that came out 
year before, so we would be talking about all of the 2023 Marvel stuff. We're just going to do the one. It's going to basically be entirely, or like 97%, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and then I will do a lightning round of the rest. Just to wrap that podcast up, it's the what first one I we did. In, what if I came in and did like a blank check talking Star Wars thing, where I basically make the joke that this is the only movie they've released since Endgame? <laughs> <laughs> Well, now you've said it. (laughs) Where I just kind of, like, deny the existence of every other movie they've done, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm sure Black Widow and Eternals will be fine and stuff like that. (laughs) Like, this really is kind of, like, the perfect end cap to the MCU. I'm so glad that they made up with with James Gunn and didn't fire him, (laughs) and this was the epilogue we got at the end of Phase 3. Yeah, okay. Well, it's weird they don't address the Thor stuff, but like, I'm sure Mike <laughs> is going to have a good idea for that uh, when Thor 4 comes out. I'm sad now. Yes, we'll be back for that. It's the podcast that started us off, so as I am looking to stop podcasting for a good long time, possibly forever, we need to wrap that one up. I've also got a wedding to plan next year. You've got so. a wedding to plan next year. I, know. I mean, Matt should have received a, a magnet this week. I did! I it's, it's, it's up in a place... <laughs> Not a fridge, because the fridge is not magnetic. It's not magnetic. (laughs) Modern fridges, maybe. Um, But it's up somewhere. I'm saving that date. So, thank you, everyone. If you've you've been listening to Untitled Bojack Horseman Project, the numbers say you statistically have not been. But... We have a larger audience for the Marvel stuff, so we will say our goodbyes on that. But for now, thank you, Ben, for talking about the horse and all the terrible things he does. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me rewatch the show. It has been a balm in the last couple of months. Like, Yeah. And it's been our white whale. We've been talking yeah. about doing this for like legit like four years or something like that. And like yeah, other animation. podcasts wanted to do it and we were like, no, we're doing budget. Yeah, animation was always one that like, we've always had like an animated project sat on like the whiteboard of ideas where it's yeah. like, will it be Ghibli? Will it be Marvel? Will it be like what will it be? And we purposely avoided doing what if because <laughs> fuck what if. <laughs> you mean you're not gonna spend the Christmas period watching one episode a day? <sighs> I've not watched any Marvel TV shows this year, and I honestly think my life is, like, materially better. (laughs) (laughs) And I have. Well, there you go. There's some teasers for when you next hear us. But to close the book on Untitled Bojack Horseman Project, Ben, would you like to say it, as I've said it every other time? Suck a dick, dumb shits. It's fun, isn't it? It's good to, like... It is fun. (laughs) 